Hey, friends, and welcome to the Even If podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lowe, and I'm so glad you're here. If you joined us last week, you know that we started a summer series and we're talking about just conversation starters, things that happened in my childhood, things that I did, events in my life that taught me, grew me up, that definitely are memorable things that we all experience. You know, there's things in our life we all experience. And last week, our episode, we talked about consequences and we talked about how there are consequences to our actions. And you can go back if you haven't listened to last week's story. I talk about stealing my parents' car when I was in the seventh grade. Yeah. And it was one of my most brilliant moves ever. I mean, clearly I was a (laughs) genius to do that. But anyways, It's a funny story, but then we talked about consequences toward the end of it. It was fun to hear from several of you about some of the things that you had done as a kid and some of the consequences that your parents made you do. And it was just a fun way. So I'm really excited that this is starting some conversations with you and your small group or your family. Great road trip discussions. And so if you want to get your kids engaged and not have to listen to them either fighting in the backseat or get them off their phones, this is a great way that you can do that. And I'm back again today with another story. And so today's is a little bit different vein of thought. It's definitely one that I will never forget. So without further ado, let's dive in. I decided my junior year to try out to be the mascot. And I don't know if you remember like at, at your high school, how if you had a mascot, but I was from Abilene and I went to Abilene Cooper and we were the Cooper Cougars. And I wanted to be the cougar who wore the big head, you know, that like sat on your shoulders. You could see out of the mouth. So it was this giant head. I had like a little cougar costume and it was really fancy because it had like a sequin vest and it had some red shorts and I had a tail and I could like swirl it around. And in my mind, I just thought that being the mascot would be super fun. But as a junior, no junior had ever gotten the mascot. It was always just reserved for a senior And so my hopes really weren't that high, but I knew I wanted to do it my senior year. So I decided to try out my junior year just to get some experience. And so you had to put together a skit and there was a Beach Boy song called Be True to Your School. And so with a hula hoop and a grass skirt and the Beach Boy song, I put together a little skit to the tune of Be True to Your School and uh, tried out. You know, I was like, okay, it'll be a great experience. So imagine my surprise when I actually won and I got it. I mean, when I tell y'all I was ecstatic, my mom took a picture of me the night that I came home from tryouts and I'm in the the entryway of my parents' house and I can still in my mind's eye, I can see the picture. If I can lay hands on it, I'll definitely post it on social media. But I mean, I am just beyond excited, like jumping up and down, because how much fun would this be to be the mascot? And just to kind of give you a little bit, if you've never met me in person, I am not just a 
super coordinated human being. If you've ever watched Seinfeld, the way Elaine dances, that's pretty much me in real life. Like, I'm awful. I can't dance. I tried out for cheerleader like my freshman year. Oh my gosh, it was awful. I am not a cheerleader. That is definitely not the way that God wired me. But you put me in a suit with a big head on it and I get to shake and shimmy around like a wild thing. And I mean, I was literally in heaven. And so when I won, I mean, oh my goodness, of course, I was so excited. And so my junior year, y'all, I'm just not even going to lie. My junior year in high school was probably the best year of my high school life. I loved, I loved being the mascot. I didn't just like it. I loved it. I loved it. And I loved that, (laughs) you know, I remember I'd be inside that sweltering suit. I mean, and it was hot with that big head on my head. But when I put that on, there was something about it that was so freeing to me. I was free to be that silly, goofy girl. It was okay that I danced like a fool. In fact, the more I danced, the better it was because everybody loves seeing that silly cougar just dance around like a yahoo. I got to like fake dance with the cheerleaders, you know, when they would put their little dances together. And so I would like half learn it. And then I just kind of like I wouldn't mock them, but I'd I'd funky dance it, you know, just to be funny. And I got to taunt basketball players. That's another story, y'all. I should tell y'all sometime. But the one time, the one time I ever got sent to the principal's office was when I was a mascot for taunting a basketball player. I might have to tell y'all that story sometime. Anyways. I got to hug little kids and I got to run around like a 17-year-old goober, basically. Trust me, when I tell you the rest of this, I want it made clear that my self-worth is not tied up in my abilities as a mascot. As it turns out, I'm a 46-year-old woman who has her own self-worth and it is not based on my junior year as a mascot. But I will say this. People told me I was the best mascot that they'd ever had. And I don't say that with like any kind of pride or anything like that. The reason why I say it is because for the first time in my life, I felt like I was born to do something. I felt like I was naturally gifted at something. And I know that that probably sounds silly because I was dressed up as a cougar wearing a football jersey and I was pretending to be an animal. But yeah, as they say, I was totally, totally in my element. And I hope everyone in life has experienced a time in their life where they just knew they were good at something. And this was really and truly, it wasn't that I didn't have any self-worth or anything like that before then, but this was the first time I'd really felt like I was really good at something. And I mean, we've joked, if you listened to uh, the LaQuinta Pollard episode with my friend LaQuinta and I, I played basketball with LaQuinta and I joked that um, I was on the team, but she was actually a basketball player. And and so I did something that I was good at and it felt really good. And so that year was just, oh my goodness, so, so fun. As my junior year wrapped up and tryouts for my senior year began to roll around and I didn't want to do the Beach Boys song again, of course, I couldn't do the same song again. And so I had to come up with a new song. 
And I found an Elvis song, and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but I found an Elvis song, and I put a skit together with the Elvis song and started thinking about it. And I should back up here and say this, too. The summer before my junior year, we went to uh, TCU to go to cheerleading camp, and I went to the mascot camp when my cheerleading friends went to their cheerleading camp. But we left a day early. Because our baseball boys, they had made it to state. So we went to Austin to cheer for our guys. So we left cheerleading camp a day early. And when we left a day early, I didn't get to try out to be an All-American mascot. So, you know, you had All-American cheerleaders. There were All-American mascots. And I really wanted to try out. So in my mind, That was all I wanted to do. I mean, like I had my mind so focused that the next summer I was going to be an All-American mascot. And that is totally what I wanted to do. I began that spring before my senior year, knowing that I hadn't gotten to try out uh, for All-American last summer. I was really looking forward to hopefully trying out for that at cheerleading camp that summer. So I started working on my skit to get it ready so that way I would be prepared And then tryouts rolled around that spring. The audition for Mascot consisted of two parts. Uh, There was a skit, of course, but then there was also an interview with the judges afterward. On the day of audition, I felt the nervousness in me. And that whole day at school, you know, just my stomach was kind of in a little bit of a knot and just that anticipation of doing the skit and going through it in my mind and rehearsing it in my mind and you know, making sure I hit my marks on the right times and I was real demonstrative and I did all the things right. And so whenever the auditions rolled around that afternoon, there was just a nervous energy just coursing through my body. And I realized that I had never been nervous in this costume. I had always just felt so free. So we all had to like take turns. So each person trying out had to put the suit on, go into the gym, do their skit and their interview, and then come back out and strip the costume off. And then the next person would put it on and go in. And I put the costume on when it was my turn to go in. And I remember I walked into the gym and, you know, go to my spot on the gym floor and through the mouth of the head that I'm wearing, I can see the judges and it felt like they were like 50 yards away. They weren't really. They were just sitting on the sidelines of the gym floor and a table. There were three of them. You know, of course, they're all real somber and, you know, like they've got their judge faces on. And I remember standing there and I can just feel electricity in me. And that cougar head sitting on top of my shoulders, I swear it felt like a hundred pounds. And I'd never felt that way before. And I started thinking, okay, is the chin strap, is it on tight enough? Because I had learned how to do a back handspring for this particular routine. And so I was about to do a back handspring in my costume. And I was going to be mortified if that head had come off whenever I was doing the routine. So I was like, okay, is it on tight enough? So I'm standing there and I can just feel the weight of this moment. It was an odd feeling because this costume that I had worn for the past year had been such a happy, free place, but suddenly it was very confining and it felt 
so terribly dark in there. And I'd never been this nervous in this suit. I took my place. My heart was pounding. And I waited for the music to start. It was the first time I had ever cared what someone thought of my mascot abilities. It was the first time I'd felt the eyes watching my every move, even though this was my second tryout. I think the ignorance is bliss school of thought is, is really true. The first time you try out, you don't have anything to lose. And I realized I wanted this more than anything I had ever wanted in my life up until that point. And I had one shot. One. I don't honestly remember a lot of details from the skit, uh, but I do remember the cougar head stayed on during my back handspring, and so that was a win. And after the skit was the interview, and I wanted to plead with those three judges and tell them what being the mascot meant to me. I literally wanted to beg them to just pick me. Like, please, you have no idea how much this means to me. You have no idea how much I love what I do. And I feel like I'm born to do this. I feel like this was exactly what I needed and what I was good at. And I just wanted to beg them to see that I was the right person for the job. Truly, if I could have begged them, I would have. I didn't. Thank goodness I didn't. But with all the nerves in me and to the best of my ability, I answered their questions and then it was over. And I walked out the door and I remember somebody else, you know, took the suit. And I remember sitting there and there were several people that had to go after me and I was just so nervous. And so my friend Jacinda, she was part of the cheerleading group. She said, hey, why don't we go drive around for a few minutes? And so I got in her car and we just went and drove around and came back just a few minutes later and timed it pretty well. Uh, it felt like forever. And so we gathered in the gym and we're sitting there right there on the gym floor and I'm waiting for the news. And I remember our cheerleading sponsors came back in and the varsity cheerleading sponsor, Donna Wise. I remember her coming in and they were all looking down. She pulled out a piece of paper. She opened it up. And when the name of the 1994-95 mascot was red. It was not my name, they said. I lost. I lost my joy. <laughs> Back then, my entire identity wrapped up in that costume. And it was gone. In the blink of an eye, gone. Reality very quickly set in. I would not be the mascot my senior year. I don't remember leaving the gym I don't remember what I said to the girl who won. And really, she was a really nice girl, y'all, for what it's worth. And I wasn't even mad at her for winning. I was just devastated at my loss. My dream of being an All-American mascot, gone, just like that. Cheering alongside all of my friends at football games and at basketball games, it was gone. I was crushed. I mean, I was absolutely crushed back then. And I bet all of us, if you've lived enough life, you've had a moment or two like that, a time when you were just totally disappointed. 
something didn't go your way, or somebody let you down, or the outcome wasn't what you were hoping for. And maybe even for some of you guys, there's still a pain in your chest, even as you think about it. And I'll tell you, you know, for a long time, of course, I was devastated. I mean, terribly devastated. And now I can look back and I can see what God did. But back then, it was just dark and it hurt. And I did not understand why in the world the Lord would take away something I loved so much. And I'm certain all of us have been in those shoes at some point in our lives. You have no idea, like, why? I was good at this. I had a talent for this. I had hopes and dreams for this. I mean, I wanted to be an All-American. I wanted to be a college mascot. There were a lot of things that I could imagine. and But for whatever reason, that door shut. And disappointment is an understatement. And, and I think some of you know Sometimes there's disappointment, but at that age and at that space in my life, it was not just disappointment. It was just total crushed. I was totally crushed. And I spent the next few months, you know, just trying to nurse my wounds, pick up the pieces. After the news broke, you know, it kind of made some waves because no, everybody was pretty shocked that I had lost. And, you know, there's a lot of feelings that go along with, you know, something like that happens. You know, you question every decision you made. You question what happened. You go through the range. I was grieving. I had lost my friend. That cougar costume had been such a place of joy, and it was suddenly gone. And when that happened, I mean, I was embarrassed. I was disappointed. I felt like I had not just let myself down. I felt like I'd let Donna, my cheerleading sponsor, down. I felt like I'd let my other cheerleader friends down. I was sad. I was just, I was so sad. And many of you understand that because when you go through something that's disappointing, you experience these range of emotions. And one of them usually is you just say, Lord, why? Why? Why did this happen? And sometimes you know, and sometimes you don't know, and that's not the point. The point is, we're all going to face disappointments in life. We're all going to have times where we don't get the mascot gig, or we don't get the job, or we don't get the girl, or whatever it is. There's a variety of places in our lives that we're probably going to be disappointed. So today's challenge is for you as a family or you and your small group friends to talk about a time when you were disappointed. What happened? How old were you? Um, How did you feel in the aftermath? How did you respond to it? For me, I was shamed and embarrassed that I had lost, but some people get mad and angry and everybody responds to disappointment differently. But ultimately, we're all going to face it at some point in our life. And I had to come to a point, and so do you, where we have to trust God regardless of the outcome, regardless of what happened. It did happen. There's nothing I could do about it. 
I just had to come to a place of knowing that God's plans for me were bigger and better than being the mascot that senior year. And he did. He showed me some things along the way. I'd been planning on quitting basketball and not playing my senior year. But after I didn't make mascot, I decided to go ahead and play basketball my senior year. And now I can see, I mean, the Lord was binding LaQuinta and I and several of the other girls we played basketball with. And the experiences that I had because I played basketball and because I didn't quit are invaluable. I think, too, sometimes it's not always about us. <laughs> sometimes when we're disappointed, we can see all we can see sometimes, I think, is how it affected us. And really, I came to the realization at some point later, it was not immediate, but I remember thinking how much being the mascot for the girl who got it our senior year, and she was, she was such a sweet girl. But I thought, you know what? Maybe the Lord was holding it for her, and he wanted to give both of us the gift of having it, so we both got to do it. And maybe there was something about that for her that had nothing to do with me. And so that's one of the things that I think we've got to look at is that sometimes we can't see the whole picture. And in our disappointment, we can't fathom how it could affect other people besides us. So today's conversation, you get to now share with your family and friends and small groups about how you've experienced disappointment and how it affected you. And then what did the Lord show you in it? And I cannot wait to hear what you have to say. So if you like listening to the Even If podcast, don't forget to subscribe, share it with a friend, rate it, review it. There's a newsletter. You can find the link to that in our show notes, and you can definitely always find us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks for being here, guys. And good Lord willing, I will see you next week.